to the Radiant Wellness Podcast with Jamie and Laura. We're here to connect you with inspiring experts in the areas of food, healing, mindfulness, emotional well-being, and spiritual actualization. And today on our podcast, we have Dr. Donnie Wilson. Welcome. And I'll read a little bit about Dr. Donnie's background. So Dr. Donnie Wilson is a naturopath doctor, certified professional midwife, certified nutrition specialist, and best-selling author of Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health. For more than 22 years, she's helped thousands of patients overcome health challenges and achieve wellness by using specific strategies that address the whole body and ultimately resolve underlying causes of distress. Dr. Donnie suffered from migraines for over 20 years, and in the process of solving them, she developed her stress recovery protocol. Dr. Donnie brings awareness to the impact of stress on our health and and how it is possible to recover from burnout and become resilient to stress in the media and in the in the media and at public and professional events. You can find her blog, podcast called How Humans Heal and her self-care program at drdonnie.com. So welcome. We are so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm really excited to meet you both and talk with you. Yeah, I, this is the first time we've had a naturopathic doctor on, so I'm really excited. I've I've gone to naturopathic doctors, but I don't think I've really understood what is the distinction in your training? What is it that you do and what's the philosophy behind it? Mm-hmm. It's naturopathic medicine is is really a philosophy of medicine. I think I think that's a good word that you brought out there. It's existed for over a hundred years um, in in Europe and then in the United States, um, but it's sometimes not as familiar to people as what we consider conventional medicine. And really, nature as naturopathic doctors, we go through the same science-based training that you would expect from any medical practitioner. So we we take all of the science classes, and we actually also are trained in pharmaceuticals and um, contraindications with pharmaceuticals. Uh, it's just that we a huge part of our training also includes learning how to support the body to heal itself. And in one thing that I one way that I think is a good way to understand it is if you think about like a health issue, let's say, oh bless you. <laughs> I think I need help with allergies, Dr. Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens to me when I start speaking, I start sneezing, but um, the uh, it's like if you think about like, let's say someone has a headache, you know, are we going to start by see there goes my nose itching too? <laughs> if, are we going to start by going straight to a, you know, a medication for the headache, right? Are we going to go straight to taking either a, a over the counter pain medication or a prescription medication for migraines, let's say, or might might there be some steps before we get to taking a pharmaceutical or having a, a more uh, invasive intervention for a symptom and those steps might be things like dietary changes lifestyle changes looking at sleep and exercise and maybe we're going to use food as medicine maybe we're going to use nutrients herbs homeopathic remedies you know we have a whole bunch of tools to choose from actually and then if those symptoms are not resolving and the whole process is how do we understand what's really causing that symptom like getting to the root of what what the imbalance is yeah getting at the imbalance solving that with the least invasive therapy and then if necessary we will we you know we are trained to go to and know when a medication or procedure is necessary but it's really about understanding the whole person and the interconnectedness of our bodies our body systems and understanding the individual the same treatment isn't going to work for everybody so we need to have this full understanding of this person and what's going to help them to solve and really it's i would say it's looking at the symptoms as indicators from the body right anytime mm-hmm. we have a symptom whether it's a headache a stomach ache a skin rash a sneeze it's the body trying to tell us something right the body's trying to get our attention and say hey something needs attention in here something's out of balance and when we look at it that way then we can problem solve and so that's how um, naturopathic doctors are trained there's 
uh, naturopathic medical schools that are federally accredited naturopathic medical schools where they you actually go in residence um my program was a five-year program but that also included training as a midwife so i've trained to also um, deliver babies including home births now in my practice i i'm not attending births but i am still um, certified in midwifery and i do a lot of women's health uh, support helping women with menstrual related symptoms met perimenopausal symptoms uh, you name it, fertility, mm -hmm. abnormal pap smears. Um, this is a lot of what I do in my practice. I and love what you're saying about the naturopathic approach where you recognize that every individual is unique and there's not a one size fits all approach because I think that is kind of the message, at least that I've gotten from Western medicine, that it's like, if you have a problem, you know, oh, we can try different medications and see what medication is right for you. But there's not a recognition that there might be other factors at play that really are highly individualized. Right. I think that's that's really that's really a cool approach. And it's not that a person has to choose one or the other. The concept is to just know that there's different ways of supporting you with your health, different practitioners with different expertise. And how can we all work together? Because we all ultimately have the same goal of helping humans heal. Uh, and so there's, there shouldn't be a competition and, and, and it shouldn't be that patients are feeling like they're stuck in the middle between their providers. You should be able to say, hey, I'm gonna go to this. You might see a surgeon because you need to consider surgery. That's an important option. Or you might go to the emergency room because you have an emergency and you might go have a naturopathic doctor who's helping you look at your overall health. And all of those things can work together. So where are you based? Are you San Diego? I, I, um, I'm originally from the West Coast, but I've been living in the New York, New York City area for the past 21 years. So I sound like someone from the West Coast. Um, but actually, my, my practice is both local here in the New York, Connecticut area, as well as worldwide. I help patients by phone and Zoom around the world. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So let's say I came to you, you know, living on the West Coast, and I wanted to explore the possibility of you becoming my doctor. What's, you know, what, what protocol do you take me through? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm healthy, I don't really have anything that I that's bothering me right now. So what would you what's the first thing you do? What does that look like? Yeah. It's a great question. I, I find that it is really important to connect with a patient the first time I meet with them, I call it a comprehensive initial appointment, because I want to know not only your health history, but really your even your personal history, where where what has your life been like, because I also uh, specialize in stress and looking at how stress affects us. So I'm we're sitting down and you're sharing with me here, if you have health concerns, here's what they are. If you don't have, maybe you don't have current symptoms, but most of us are trying to prevent health issues. So you might might be saying, oh, well, my family member had diabetes or Alzheimer's and I wanna prevent that, or I wanna prevent osteoporosis, for example. So we have somewhat of a goal in mind. And then we sit down and we gather information is how I look at it. I gather information about your history, what we already know, maybe you've already had some blood work done or other tests. I review your lab results and then I make a, a strategy for you. We come together. It's a very much of a collaborative approach where we say, okay, we want to gather more information. Maybe we need additional blood work or maybe we need other specialty tests depending on your case so that we have more information. Like if we're wondering, hey, is there a food related issue? Is there a food that's inflammatory that you may not have realized? You might be like, I, I don't know. I have no idea if this food is affecting me. You know, it's not causing an allergy that's sending you to the emergency room, but maybe it's a low grade food sensitivity. Then we're going to want to do a very specific food sensitivity panel. And these are tests. A lot of the tests that I recommend you can do from home and ship them into the lab. And and so we make a plan. OK, here's the test we want to do. Then if you're already taking some supplements, maybe you're taking some medications or some supplement vitamins. I'm going to look at that and I'm going to be able to because the is all this information's in my mind already so I can quickly look at what someone's taking and I can assess it very quickly is this a good quality multivitamin for you if if we're not sure do you need vitamin D okay we're going to test that for example so we make a whole plan including your supplements and then 
we that that's that first appointment we patients walk away with a strategy and then what we do is when we have new results we meet again and we go through those results because what i find is the more you understand about your body the more you understand your test results let's say we're looking at hormone results or cortisol results if you understand what the results say and then i explain here's the treatment options for that whatever imbalance we identify then you can actively choose oh here's what i want to implement and then we outline that the dosing and we outline here's how what we're going to try but then it's always important to do follow-up appointments so you can then give me the feedback how did your body respond do we need to tweak the doses until we gradually get to a place where you have a a real uh, maintenance plan of of supplements as well as diet and exercise and so on that you can do over time no i love that approach yeah <laughs> and you had mentioned um that you specialize in stress and you know in reading your book and listening to your podcast and looking over your website it's clear that you're an expert like you're super knowledgeable in stress and how it manifests in the body and so how did you come to be such an expert in this field i i know you mentioned you dealt with some migraines in your 20s so did that kind of influence your specialty yeah i always really wonder what really it's almost like it became, it's just part of my essence was this interest in stress because I was actually researching stress way back. I, I, I actually think I remember as a child, um, see my mom is a special education teacher. And so I think she had more awareness for stress because of her um, master's degree. And so as a child, I remember her using those words oh, this person is stressed, or she would perceive in me and say, oh, you seem stressed. And so I had more awareness about stress than I think maybe other people do because of that. And so when I was in my, even my bachelor's degree, and when I was in my naturopathic training, and especially when I was training to be a midwife, my research was in how stress affects women in labor. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see, especially women who had a history of abuse, how did that affect their labor process? And actually, I still to this day feel like what I learned from women in labor related to stress has served, has really blossomed into how I help all humans with stress. Uh, because what I learned from women in labor is that it's not about having zero stress, right? A lot of times when we think about or hear about stress, we think, oh, I'm supposed to have zero stress or be stress free. And ultimately, that's impossible. We would stress ourselves out trying to get there. <laughs> so just to realize, oh, these women in labor actually need adequate amounts of stress hormones. Our stress hormones are cortisol and adrenaline. When women have adequate cortisol and adrenaline, but not too much, right? It's, it's the, how do you find just the right amount? If we are overstressed in labor, labor stops. So it was like to see, wow, that was such an aha moment for me to be like, wow, women need to have some amount of stress hormones, but also support so that stress hormones don't go too high in order for labor to progress effectively and smoothly. And then I moved to New York right after 9-11. And so all of my patients were under a huge amount of stress. And I decided, let me see if that same principle applies and I found that to be true. You know, I've, I've been measuring uh, cortisol and adrenaline levels in my patients now for over 20 years. And I can see the patterns of what happens when a, a human either doesn't have enough stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline, or when we are under too much stress without enough support and the cortisol and adrenaline go too high, that's when health issues start to develop. Yeah, before we before we went on, to this this podcast, you and I were talking a little bit. I was sharing that I was watching this um, Netflix on the Blue Zones, and yes. one of the Blue Zones is I think it's Sardinia, Italy, where people um, way outperform their longevity, and you know habitually, you know both men and women live to a, over a hundred years. A lot of times, it's out of balance with women living, you know, four to five times as many women living to a hundred, but they did address stress. And I thought it was interesting. And they were talking about how stress was important. Uh, there was a correlation with longevity and stress, but it's a particular kind of stress. So it's not just this low grade 
stress that's amorphous, it's specific stress. So for these people, they're shepherds. And so there's some stress with herding your goats associated with that, making sure they don't get into trouble, but it's short-lived and it's controllable. But I think the kind of stress that we we live under is more of this low-grade, you know, fear-based stress that's that's always going on. That's not a healthy kind of stress. How, what would you say about that? Absolutely. And I think also in the, in those blue zone areas of the world where people, we find people are living longer. They also, not only are they, you know, it's not that they're doing nothing, you know, it's not that they're, we would imagine are they just sitting on the beach all day. Right. But no, they have active lifestyles, meaning they're, they're also exercising. They're also spending time in nature lot lot they're not sitting in a cubicle right they're outside and then they're also their diet is is a a low stress diet what i would consider a you know a low stress diet they're eating healthy fruits and vegetables whole foods and protein and healthy fats and so it's the combination of those things yes but it's true it's not about having zero stress it's about how do we have how do we choose our stress intentionally and then also choose our stress recovery right then they you you want it we we're humans we have a built-in stress response system and i think part of acknowledging that is to realize okay how do i optimize how do i get a good stress response when it's needed when it's necessary but then how do i also get it just as equal stress recovery so how can we, oh, go ahead, Laura. You go, you go ahead, Jane. <laughs> well, you know, talking about, you know, we some stress is good, and but then too much stress can be detrimental to the body. Like, how do we know? How do we know if we're overstressed? Or, you know, are there s- classical signs and symptoms to know, okay, what stress I have is good and helpful, but, or am I in the category of being in this low-grade stress that's really affecting my health? It's, it's a, it's a great question because I think a lot of us, a lot of people will say to me, oh, I'm not stressed, you know, um, but then as we start to dig in a little further, they're like, they might be using a different word for it. They might, it might be so normal that they're like, this is just the way, you know, you, you can't know anything different if that's just what you're used to. Right. Um, so what I tend to do is start looking for the signals from your body, like, are you getting a headache? Are you are you reaching for caffeine or in the morning to get you waking up? Or are you reaching for alcohol at night to calm you down? Are you getting any kind of symptoms in your body? Stomach ache, heartburn, blood pressure, skin rashes, hormone imbalance, anything, anything that's happening in your body is because of stress affecting your body. And so you start, it may not be that you find yourself saying that I'm stressed, but it may be that there's things going on in your body that actually then tell you, oh, I am being impacted by stress. Um, it can also be when sometimes it's once a health issue develops, you know, if a person's like, oh, now I was diagnosed with an autoimmunity, maybe Hashimoto's or a different form of autoimmunity. Maybe you were diagnosed with IBS or migraines or PCOS for that matter, or fertility issues. You know, once we get to a diagnosis, then we're like, oh, what caused this, right? If we ask the question, why, what's the root cause? If we dig deep enough, we're gonna see that it's the effects of stress. And not just psycho-emotional stress, by the way. Um, When I mentioned the word stress, it it definitely can be psycho-emotional stress. And of course, we all just came through the pandemic, which was hugely stressful, um, but let alone so many other stresses. And it could be from actual traumas that happened maybe even from childhood or adult traumas and and things that can happen but stress can also come in the form of physical stress like an injury a car accident uh even an infection um even like you it might be something like gastroenteritis when you're traveling traveler's diarrhea and that's enough of a stress that throws off your system um it could be uh, stresses in form of toxins. So when we're, I mean, we're all exposed to some amount of toxins, but if we get overloaded with toxins from say pesticides, from non-organic foods and mold exposure or metal exposure and different forms of toxins that, that sometimes we're not even realizing we're exposed to, but if it builds up and our body's not metabolizing them well enough, those toxins become a stress. And even we can have internal stresses when 
If the gut bacteria get out of balance, they create toxins. So it's, it's looking at all the possible stresses in our external environment as well as our internal environment and how they can then start affecting the different systems in our bodies that end up causing those symptoms. So I know, you know, you work very individually with people um, and knowing that, do you have any general advice for people because we are swimming in this sea of, of toxicity and in stress? I mean, in October, they're supposed to roll out another virus or, you know, what is something supposed to hit, uh, how they can know that it is mysterious, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So how can people take care of themselves? What advice do you have for people? And I know it's just general. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it. I, I, this is why I, I write books. Um, this actually the master of stress reset your health book that you see over my shoulder is my fifth book. Um, so I, um, those are always great resources in general, as well as the blogs and, and podcasts on my website. And the thing is, is that, um, and I also do, by the way, work in groups, online groups with, with patients. So some, like in some, there is the option instead of working with me one-on-one, -on -one, a person can do like work in a group to help with implementing. Um, what I developed is what I call the stress recovery protocol. And that stress there's, so there's the stress recovery protocol. And there's also what I call, what I use called care or self care is an acronym. So uh, care stands for is C for clean eating, A for adequate sleep, R for recovery activities, and E for exercise. And I consider care is the foundation of health. I, I alluded to some of this earlier in the interview, how important it is to have these essentials in place. And of course, the trick is when we're under stress, we tend to lose track of feeding ourselves well and getting enough sleep. And we lose these foundational um, self-care mechanisms when we're under stress. So the trick is how do we get it so set in our system, in our daily routine, that we are going to, even when we're under stress, be even more focused on making sure we get our the food we need, the hydration, the sleep, the what I call recovery activities are going to be things like every, there's so much research on so many options here. It could be anything from just some quiet time, time in nature, breath work, meditation, mindfulness in general, listening to music, singing, dancing, journaling, talking to a friend, talking to a therapist. There's so many things that we can use, but we end up not you doing them right not choosing them we're so busy with all of the work we're doing and our to-do list that we forget to integrate in our recovery activities so those are essential and things that again i i try to individualize i try to say look at it as a menu of options and be curious and and play with it and see what you enjoy and what what helps you the most there you there might be things you're choosing already that you didn't realize are like Having a pet, for example, having a dog or a cat is shown to help us recover from stress. So you might already have a pet and you didn't realize that that's part of what that's doing is helping you recover from stress day to day. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So I got two dogs, so I <laughs> checked that box. You're covered. <laughs> um, in in your podcast, um, going back to the C in the CARE acronym, um, that you know, that stands for clean eating. And I noticed you talk a lot about um, sugar and how sugar is so detrimental on your health. And you, if you know Laura and me and Boo Foods, we talk a lot about how, how detrimental sugar is and how toxic it, it can be if you're eating the wrong kinds of sugar. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think our listeners are probably particularly interested in that as well. Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect place to start when some when when I meet with someone the first time, one of my first goals is balancing their blood sugar levels, because a lot of times we we have fluctuating blood sugar levels and we it may not meet the criteria of diabetes, but it's still fluctuating enough that it's affecting our health. And that's another stress on our system. If we're if we're either eating too large of a meal too too infrequently during the day or if we're having too much sugar in our diet and sugar is sneaky because 
it not only does it come in in like if you actually add a spoonful of sugar to something but a lot of times it's in products we don't realize that it can be in salad dressings it can definitely be in protein bars it can be in protein shakes and i get so frustrated i'm like why do they have to add sugar to these things because it's not necessary right it tastes it probably tastes better without the sugar but at some point in the development of these products they decide to put in a little bit of sugar and it it could be like cane sugar um, sometimes now I'm more often likely to see like a coconut sugar, which perhaps is a little less likely to raise your blood sugar levels. Um, but we also don't want an artificial sweetener, right? Because those are chemicals that have other health concerns associated. So we don't want, I also don't like to see sorbitol in products. I don't like to see any, any kind of sucralose or, you know, artificial sweeteners. Now, stevia is a different thing because stevia is from a plant. Um, and sometimes people get confused by that, but stevia is just a plant, like green leaves that happen to be sweet. Um, or sometimes we can use things like monk fruit that is sweet, but it doesn't raise the blood sugar as much. Um, and that's the key, you know, when we have too much sugar in our diet, it, it causes our blood sugar levels to fluctuate. So the blood sugar goes up, the insulin has to bring it down. And then what happens is we start craving it. So then we want more sugar and the blood sugar goes up again and the insulin brings it down. And it's like a roller coaster ride. And sometimes you don't even realize you're on this roller coaster ride until you're like feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm craving sugar. I have to have it. I can't imagine living without it. And when we finally decide, oh, I'm gonna be the one deciding here, instead of letting the sugar run your life, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to be more intentional. I'm not going to buy those products that have sugar. I'm going to intentionally decrease my sugar intake. And you start to go, wow, I feel better. My energy is better. My mood's better. My focus is better. It's amazing how just doing that can make a difference in the way we feel day to day. Yeah. And, and, and sugar, you know, as you mentioned, it, it's, I don't consider it a food. It's addictive. So mm-hmm. Food manufacturers, you know, and we're food manufacturers, add it to their products. So, you know, what better business could there be than to get customers addicted to their products? And that's I what know. it does. Exactly. And, and, the, and then recently with, you know, kind of people wanting to cut back on sugar, a lot of manufacturers add, like you said, sucralose and, su- and sugar alcohols, which, and if you don't know what that is, it's anything with an OL after it, malatol, sorbitol, xylitol, erythritol. And those can be really associated with digestive issues. So then a patient might be saying, well, why am I getting IBS type symptoms or loose stool or irregular bowel movements or bloating? And I look in their products and I'm like, well, you're getting all this sorbitol and that's gonna mess with your digestion, let alone your nervous system. So we just go, I just go, just, you don't want that. So you have to look at the fine print of the ingredients in your products. Yes. And there are also sugar alcohols that people don't even realize they're sugar alcohols, like chicory root sounds like it would be a natural product and not a sugar alcohol, but it is. And the same with inulin, they're all sugar alcohols. And they're, I mean, I've been reading that they're also associated now with heart disease and cancer. They're really pretty detrimental to people. Well, the thing is like, if you had something like this once in a while, but usually if it's, if it's a product you like, you might be eating it every day. So then you're ha- it's accumulating over time, the effect. Exactly. Exactly. So that was, that leads to my next question. So with the C, how do you define clean eating? You know, it's like, there's so many different theories about what constitutes healthy food. So what, how, how do you define it? It's a great question, and that's why I I I have to think about it as eating to support our body and eating to match our physiology. We need to individualize it, and that's why balancing blood sugar is a key starting piece of it. Is and taking out the foods that are stressful, right? Taking out if sugar is creating more stress in our system, let's remove that food. Also, if there's foods that are inflammatory. Uh, let's say, for example, dairy products or gluten or common inflammatory foods. And uh, we can do food sensitivity testing to see which foods are inflammatory for um, a certain person. Um, I do food sensitivity panels and have for over 20 years in my practice. And I see it. First of all, you have to go to a lab that gives you really good results. And a lot of the labs that do food panels are not giving, I don't think they're giving good results. I Because I research them and I compare them. 
And so I use a very specific lab that gives very accurate results and I see really good outcomes with my patients. And sometimes on those, those results, we'll see not just dairy and gluten, which are the most common, but sometimes we say eggs causing inflammatory issues. We might see almonds causing inflammatory issues for people. And it's only when you do that panel, because these are delayed reactions, right? So the person might eat almonds every day, but they don't, it's it, the reactions happening over several days to even three weeks. And the symptoms are not necessarily like an allergy. The symptoms could be, it could be a stomach ache, but it could be a skin rash or a migraine or anxiety. And so you don't, we don't realize that that's contributing until we do the test and we see it and then we go, okay, we need to, to me, it's not just about removing the inflammatory food, by the way, it's also that we have to then heal the gut because when we start having inflammatory reactions to foods, it's usually that leaky gut exists or what's called intestinal permeability when the, when the digestion is not as healthy as it could be, which is caused by stress, right? The stress that we're exposed to causes imbalance in the intestinal cells and the bacteria. And then we start becoming reactive in, in, to our foods. And so it's not just about removing inflammatory foods. It's about how do we then heal the digestion so that we can decrease the inflammatory foods. But I include all of that in the clean eating part of it. Like let's figure out which foods are inflammatory for you. Let's help heal your, heal your digestion so that you can broaden your diet again. And, and also with clean eating, I look at it as how do we eat in a way that really supports our physiology? Because some of the trends right now are, for example, intermittent fasting. And what I always like to emphasize is pretty much with anything in, in our experience, there's such a thing as too much, right? There's such a thing as too much stress. There's such a thing as too much. There's probably such a thing as too much relaxation too. <laughs> there's such a thing as too much fasting. And so what happens is people, we, as we're always willing to go in and do a, do it as best job as we can. So we're like, okay, I'm going to follow this fasting method to a T. And what happens is it's not one size fits all fasting. So some people will go be going, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be fasting 16 hours, let's say. And, and, but maybe for their body, their fasting 16 hours is raising their cortisol levels. And now it's disrupting their whole system. And they're, then they call me and they're like, what's going on? Why do I feel so awful? I was just trying to do intermittent fasting. And I'm like, well, that, uh, that extreme of fasting is stressing your system. We need to help your body recover first. And then we're going to start slower. We're going to, we're going to start maybe with a 12 hour fast and, you know, listen to your body and do it, individualize it. So I find that that's the thing with these trend more trendy diets is sometimes we push it too far and it ends up stressing us. So it's, I just really encourage everyone to, to listen to your body and to aim for this middle ground. Sometimes we call it a Goldilocks principle. You know, Goldilocks was like, she had to go through a process of this, you know, this bed is too small and this bed is too big. I'm going to go for the middle size. <laughs> this porridge is too hot. This porridge is too cold. We need to do the same process. We need to be getting better at finding what's that middle that's just perfect. We don't, we don't need to go to the extremes because it's often in those extremes that we end up stressing ourselves more. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I actually just started doing longer term fasting. Uh -huh. I actually feel great on it. You know, it's, um, Good. you know, technically you're not supposed to exercise much. You're supposed to kind of take it easy, but I noticed that I can actually train better when I'm fasted. So it's very strange, but now it's making me think I need to go see Dr. Donnie and, and get some blood panels and, and see what impact and, and maybe, you know, my cortisol levels are, you know, going too high. I don't know. Yeah. I really encourage people to monitor because we can get that information. I hope in the near future, it's going to be even easier to monitor cortisol right now. I mean, you can do a blood test for cortisol, but the thing is when you do a blood test for cortisol, you're going to get it you're going to have just your cortisol at the time you had your blood drawn. Right. Cortisol is actually a hormone that changes during the day. It should be higher in the morning and gradually decreasing in lowest before we go to bed at night. So to really know how your cortisol is doing, we need to measure it the morning, the midday, the evening, the bedtime. And so oftentimes we'll do that with either urine or saliva testing that you can do at home. And so this way we can see your, what we call the cortisol curve, you know, so it might be 
we can see, okay, is it appropriately higher in the morning and gradually decreasing or is it going too high or low at certain times? And then as you mentioned, we can, we can see, okay, if you start to do some longer fasting and keep, I always like to clarify with fasting, we're all fasting somewhat while we sleep, right? Because fasting just means you're not eating for a period of time, right? So if you're sleeping eight hours, you're already fasting for eight hours. And so when we start doing uh, intermittent fasting, it's usually to extend that a little longer. So maybe you either don't eat before bed or you, you wait to have your first meal in the morning. And that's how we add length to the fasting. It's just that I encourage people to take it a little slowly and, and like you're doing, listen to your body. How do I feel? How's my, I always check in on your energy levels. Are, is your energy feeling good? Your sleep? Because you'll know if you start to feel stressed, you're, you'll feel more tired or you'll feel more overstimulated. You won't sleep as well. Something there will get disrupted. Your mood, if you start to find that you're anxious or irritable or low mood, okay, something's getting pushed too hard. Uh, or your focus, you're not focusing during the day as well as you could, or you're feeling brain fog or forgetful, or you're getting overstimulated. And then your the fifth one is just the symptoms in your body. You know, if something feel off, you know you're pushing it a little too much. And I also developed a quiz um, that I, I have in the Master Stress book as well as on my website. So if you start to wonder, hey, am I, as my cortisol and adrenaline off balance, you can do this quiz that's uh, based on uh, my research and my patients that that shows the five most common imbalances of cortisol and adrenaline um, through the it, the quiz takes a couple minutes to answer the questions and then you go and it'll say here's likely your what if if your cortisol and adrenaline are out of balance here's likely what's going on and then you can decide if you want to do that the test that I mentioned where you can actually measure your cortisol and then we can measure adrenaline in urine so we can see, is it too high or too low as well? That would be fun for maybe in the show notes, we'll put the quiz as well as the link to Dr. Donnie's book. Yeah, I actually took the quiz last night. How did it come out? I got in the lower um, left quadrant because there's like a little chart. So blue and blah. Uh-huh. So the blonde blue type is tends to have lower cortisol, lower adrenaline levels. And the reason why it's important to know what your pattern is, is because the treatment's different, right? So if, if say a blonde and blue would not want to do the same treatment as a stress magnet, right. they're going to take different herbs and nutrients. So, so then, yeah, now that you know, you're like, okay, now I can, and you can even implement your care as we're talking about the clean eating and the exercise and everything implement your care based on your stress type because then you're really honing in on how do I implement this in a way that helps optimize my cortisol and adrenaline levels. I think actually, Laura, that you mentioned the blue zones. I would love to uh, do some, go into a blue zone and have them do the quiz and then have them measure their cortisol and adrenaline and see if this lifestyle is actually showing what I what I'm finding from from my research, which is we can optimize our cortisol and adrenaline. And by doing that, we're actually preventing health issues, not only in the present moment, but we're going to be able to prevent health issues over time. And so we're going to be able to live longer and be healthier doing it. I, I would be I would love to know the result of that. And I know we didn't talk about this, but I think it actually be fun if it only takes a couple minutes. Shall we just take the quiz and let people who are listening also take the quiz and then know how to score themselves? Does that make sense? Do we? And it, it gives you when you do the quiz. Yeah, definitely you can. And um, it'll show you your result when you finish as, um, as Jamie mentioned. And then you, it'll, sh- it'll also tell you what is the best way to start addressing your stress type. So yeah, I love do you that. Have, do you have the book? Do you want to like, should we just take the quiz really quickly? Oh, I think or it just, might be tricky to do it that way because okay. it's, because it's um there's different questions for di- so and as it as you answer questions then it it, it is smart on the online version. Oh, it, I see. So it's kind of like a decision tree. In yeah. oh, okay. Yes. Definitely so, give people a link to it. Um, thank you for creating a quiz like that to make it really easy for people to identify. Um, you mentioned something else about labs, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, we found 
when we make food at Boo, we test everything and different labs will give you different results. You know, yeah. you, it's kind of scientific, so it's going to be dead on every time, but they, there can be as much as a 20% variance. What, what do you find and how Absolutely. did you discover a good lab? Oh, it's absolutely. And I, I'm constantly in a process of learning when a new lab comes out um, and to know that there's specialty labs. First of all, that, you know, there's the standard labs we think of, like we go to Quest or LabCorp to get our blood drawn. And those, there's some things we can measure in blood that are very useful. But when we're trying to optimize our health, um, we want to do that blood work, but then we want to say, hey, we need other information. So if we want to measure, for example, for food sensitivities or for cortisol, we need to find a lab that can do that. And they're considered more like specialty labs. And even then, there's usually multiple labs offering that service. And so I'm always going through and I'll submit my own samples. I'll set, submit the same sample to a couple different labs and then I would compare the results. And then to me, what really proves to me that it's a lab that's worth it is when I implement with patients, you know, so now I'm implementing with thousands of patients and I'm seeing that their health is improving. They're coming back to me based on those results and my suggestions. They're coming back and saying, I feel better. My energy is better. My mood is better. I'm, my weight is better. Whatever their health goal was, they're giving me positive feedback. So I know that lab is giving me information that is making a difference and then I keep going back to that lab so it's um it is definitely a process over time to identify the best labs to use and it's and you you have to work with a practitioner who who first of all even knows these tests are worth testing and has knows which labs to choose and then understands how to interpret them and how to implement an effective protocol because that's the other thing is you can get test results but then if you don't, if the practitioner isn't helping you to implement a change, you're not getting anywhere. And so many people I talk to, they've been through lots of tests and practitioners and not getting anywhere. And I say to them, well, first of all, we, we have to start with a good lab and a good test. So we have the right information we need. And then we follow my stress recovery protocol, which involves the first, it's the three phases. The first phase is to get out of stress mode. I call it, how do we, if we see high adrenaline or we see high cortisol, or we see other signs of stress mode happening. How do we calm the system out of stress mode? Because it's a lot easier to heal when your system is no longer in that survival stress mode. And the phase two is rebalancing anything that was thrown out of balance by stress for your body. That might mean we need to address your gut biome. That might mean we need to address different hormones in your body, thyroid or estrogen, progesterone, you name it, we need our in blood sugar balance, you know, rebalancing whatever's out of balance. And then phase three is all about maintenance. Now that you've addressed the things that were out of balance, how are we going to maintain that over time? Because we don't want to just stop and then go right back to where you were before. I think that's why my patients have really long term results is because it's we're implementing phase three, which is this maintenance over time. Yeah, I think it's really great that you've already done a lot of the research with these labs and with thousands of patients, because I've seen this happen, like with my mom, she's gone, done so many labs and can't, has gone to so many different practitioners and, you know, is still kind of like, I'm still not feeling good, even though I've done all this stuff. But so it, you know, thank you for, you know, you've kind of done that legwork for people so that they don't have to go through that, which is more stressful when you're going to all these doctors and then you're not getting results. Well, and as you know, I really had to go through this myself too. Like I was solving my own health issues at the same time over the past couple of decades, I was solving the migraines that I don't get anymore. And part of that process was figuring out how do I balance my blood sugar levels? How do I how, what tests do I need to do that actually give me accurate information? Uh, how do I heal leaky gut? How do I balance my neurotransmitters along with cortisol and adrenaline? How do I, you know, how do I eat gluten-free? How do I, how, which foods am I going to choose? And that's how I came to find Boo Foods is because I'm constantly looking for sources of protein. When we talked about clean eating, that's something I didn't exactly say is I really emphasize protein. You know, when we decrease the sugar, one of the best ways to get through that process is to emphasize the protein. So I'm always saying, I found for myself, I'm like, and for my patients, we have to be, where's the protein? Like every three hours, we need some protein. 
And if we're, if dairy is inflammatory and whey protein is inflammatory for a lot of people, um, and if even some people, almonds are inflammatory, they need a source of protein. Even if eggs are inflammatory, they're like, what am I going to eat now? So I turn to protein shakes that are non-whey based protein shakes like pea or uh, bone broth for some people. And then I look for protein bars that are going to be gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, <laughs> um, sugar-free. And that's when I um, found Boo Foods and fell in love. And I just find, like, people know if they, it's, I always have a Boo Foods bar in my bag, on my desk, in my car. <laughs> because to me, like, I feel like uh, if you're, especially if you're in a busy day or you're traveling or whatever you're doing, you you need to have some protein on you with you all the time because you don't know what you're going to find out there. If you're counting on just, oh, I'm going to find a restaurant, you don't know, are they going to have protein? Is it going to be matching your now clean eating routine? You want to have that food available for you. And, um, and so I love to have, I'm the one on the airplane eating the boo food bar <laughs> because it, it, to me, it's essential to, I know that if I'm eating protein at regular intervals, I'm going to feel better. Not only am I going to feel better, but in the moment, but it's going to be helping me prevent health issues over time. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, of course. We, we would love to get boo bars into airports. We've been trying for a while because that's the one place it's like, oh my gosh, I rushed out of the house and now I don't have any food with me. I'm on my way to the airport today, and this is what I'm taking with me. Oh. <laughs> my bars, and, and I like these little bite ones because, I, again, I like little small meals. So I like go, okay, this is perfect. Yeah, like I, I definitely think they should be, that would be perfect in the airport, you know, store before you get on the plane, right, to have it. So you got to order them ahead of time and have them ready for you. And I do the same with protein powders, and I... And yeah, there's some airports have some good options. I, that's always wonderful if I'm like, oh, great. Here's a restaurant that has, let's say, chicken and vegetables or in a salad. I'm like, yay. Then I'll save my boo bar for later when I don't have access to that. <laughs> you know. Um, so just thinking about how people can really, um, who are not familiar with you, how they can start, would you recommend they start with the quiz, the podcast? What? How, how do we... Um, how do people Dr. Donnie eyes themselves? Oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, I offer lots of different options because I know that people have different ways they like to consume information. So um, if you're a person who loves to read a printed book, then you can order the book at, you know, Amazon or wherever you like to order books and, and just, you know, start there. But if you're the kind of person who's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through reading the whole book, it also is audible. So you can get the audible book. Um, oh, yeah. I love Audible. That's great. Yes, yeah. yes, it's my voice. <laughs> so hopefully <laughs> you're getting used to my voice. But the um, the Audible book is available as well. And then there's, yeah, the I do lots of blog writing and podcasting. And so you can, you know, start to get to know more about this approach. And then, yes, I think the stress quiz is a really good place because then you start to really understand your body and you start to start thinking, oh, how is stress affecting me? And then you start to go, okay, maybe I do need to understand better my cortisol levels and adrenaline levels. And then if you'd like, you can, I have an online program I call the Stress Warrior Program that guides you to go through my stress recovery protocol online and online sessions, video sessions with me. Or you can- right, What is that called again? It's called the Stress Warrior Program. Oh, uh -huh. stress okay. warrior we'll be sure to link that in the show notes too oh, oh thank you yeah, yeah yeah because sometimes it's like hey maybe you want to start learning on your own at home and you start implementing you don't necessarily have to do a whole one-on-one -on -one appointment with me and maybe you know but then if you get to a point where you're like oh my gosh I really think I need help I need Dr. Donnie to think this through with me and give me a plan that's when it really makes sense to schedule one-on-one -on -one appointment with me because then as we talked about I can really look at the big picture with you and give a plan so then you feel like you know what to do and you have help doing it I love that and at that point that's when you would recommend the the lab test for folks mm -hmm. you can order that like then yeah, I can suggest okay here's the test that I think we need 
that maybe you don't have that information yet. Yeah. And then you can get access those through my office. Thank you for providing all of these amazing resources for people. You're it's, welcome. It's really, it's kind of like there's this whole beautiful a la carte menu of possibilities of working with you and supporting people's health. And like you said, depending on what kind of a learner you are. Um, but I think that, you know, to have the, the, the quiz that just takes a few minutes, everybody has a few minutes, right? That's, that's an, that's an easy ask just to, to start with the quiz. And, and it's, and it's um, really like if, if some of you have heard about adrenals, like sometimes we hear about our adrenal glands, but we're kind of like, what's the adrenal glands? What is this about? Um, and the adrenal glands make the cortisol and adrenaline. So when we're, whenever we're doing a quiz or a test to assess our cortisol and adrenaline, we're assessing our adrenal function because our adrenal glands are our stress. That's where the stress responders live. That's what the adrenal glands do is they help us respond and recover from stress. So it's about understanding that adrenal function and how to help the adrenals heal and how, what a key play, key role that plays in our overall health in general. So yeah, I'm so I, as you can see, I have so much passion for all of this, that that's how why I've created all of these resources and, and just a passion for people to know that it's possible to heal. Because I think a lot of times we get the message that it's like, oh, I have this diagnosis, and there's nothing I can do with it. And I'm just stuck with this for the rest of my life. And I, I'm just not willing to accept that I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm gonna, do the research and read the science and figure out how to solve it because the human body does have such capacity to heal. We just need to understand how can we support that process. That's I'm just I'm blown away. This is this is so great. I'm so delighted that you agreed to come on and share all of your wisdom and methodologies with with our viewers. Yeah. Oh, your book, um, again, the book name is Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health. And it just goes into so much detail for people that really want to dive in and understand. So yeah, we'll have that linked. Is there anything else you want to share with us, Dr. Donnie, the name of your website, um, any events you have coming up that you want to share with people before we sign off? Oh, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you, you asking me to come. I um, again, I'm excited to for what you've created in Boo Food. So this is a mutual in, uh, appreciation here. <laughs> and uh, uh, my website and and on social media, I'm under my name, which is Dr. Donnie. It's short for Donielle, um, but Donnie is spelled D-O-N-I. So just you can go D-O-N or D-O-C-T-O-R-D-O-N-I dot com or on social media, it's D-R-D-O-N-I Wilson. And um, I'd love to have any listeners reach out to me either through my website or social media if you have other questions or you'd like to learn more about how I can help you with whatever health issue you're struggling with. Well, you've got a new patient in me, so I'll be oh, reaching wonderful. out. <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I hope you have a good rest of the day. You yeah, too, you Dr. Too. Donnie. Thank you so much for everything that you do. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Talk soon.